This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. After two consecutive wins at home, the Stags have started the week with a real body blow. They seen the specialist yesterday. They'll have uh, an operation this week or next week. I'm going to put a time limit on it, but uh, it'll be out uh, a few months. Not quite sure how long. It's such an unusual injury. Everyone's a little bit devastated for him, first and foremost, but uh, if we get him back on the pitch as soon as possible, we'll look after him in the meantime. We're certainly going to step up our search to bring one in as a replacement, maybe alone up until Christmas. To cover us. A pectoral injury to star striker Esopes has put a dent in the fans' good mood and sparked several questions like Will Clough find cover in time before the window closes next week? Should he hit the recall button on the DJ decks or does he actually have enough in the squad to get by as is? We'll delve more into that tonight here on the Mansfield Matters podcast and share a talking point for your Tuesday evening should the short term loan ruling be reintroduced. Plus, we'll reflect on two comeback home victories with a dollop of critique added in from Mr. Pessimist. Yeah, that's uh, me, by the way. Oh, and we'll also celebrate as Nigel Clough reaches 100 games in the Stags' dugout. I think there was a a time just over uh, a year ago and we didn't think we were going to make that. It's nice to get 100. There's there's a lot of managers don't get that opportunity these days. It's been... uh... Uh, hell of a ride so far, I'd say in the 100 games. We've had some ups and downs, but I think overall we've made a lot of progress, been a lot of positive things, and we've enjoyed it. One thing that I always said, just get three points on the Saturday and it shuts everybody up, and that hasn't changed. No matter whether you've got injuries, no matter whether you've lost games before, whatever, if you can just win on the Saturday, it shuts everybody up for the week. All of that and lots more, including your comments, questions, and opinions on all things Mansfield Town in the live feed. And no doubt lots of abuse towards me for what many will perceive as being negative. You know what to do by now. Right, let's get this show on the road and cross our fingers that it's the Tech Gremlins night off. What is it that they say? We're like a swan beneath the surface. How apt. I'm sure you all know the analogy. Swan glides across the surface looking beautiful, looking effortless, whilst underneath its feet are kicking away. That's exactly what we do here on the Mansfield Matters podcast every single week to try and make the tech work. It's also what the Stags are doing at the moment. More on that later. Hello and welcome to the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Sorry, I had a mouthful of tea then. It started a little bit sooner than what I was expecting it to. Uh, Let's find out who's joining me on the Mansfield Matters podcast tonight to talk all things Mansfield Town. Let's cross over uh, to Sutton Ashfield and say hello to the real voice of the Stags. It's Mr. Alan Wilson. Good evening, Mr. Wilson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Let's hit the phone lines and we'll hear from our main man, whose name is Nathan Edge. Good evening, Nathan Edge. Can you hear me? Even Mr. Priest, I can indeed. Hopefully, uh, I'll phone coming through clearly. You are indeed. I've even got a nice little graphic of you on the screen just to sort of uh, say on the phone is Nathan Edge with you doing a some sort of pose somewhere. I think you were uh, 
in some sort of holiday destination, knowing you. I'm concerning what photo you've used right now. I'm a little bit worried. Well, you have you have got your clothes on in this one, so uh, it's, All right, it's, it's not one of them ones. Okay, sorry. Family show, family show. More from you later on. No Clive, no Cam either tonight. So we've delved into our bank of uh, stags supporting fans, Mansfield Matters podcast fans. We put a message out saying if you fancy coming on the show, let, let us know and we'll get you on. And that's exactly what we've done with this next guest. His name is Adam Crump. And uh, like we were saying about Tech Gremlins earlier in the start of the in intro of the show, I think it could be Adam who faces the Tech Gremlins tonight. Let's see if we can say hello to him. Good evening, Adam. Good evening, Craig. How are you? Very good. Welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. Before we delve into it, tell us a little bit about yourself, because you sent us quite a detailed sort of, it was almost like a CV trying to apply for a job. It, it was. Um, you don't just get onto these things easily. Um, I thought um, after my um, many, many years ago on the books at Mansfield Town, so I thought it was probably time to dig out the boots again and, um, and, and show my face. Um, I tell that to everyone at work that was on the books at Mansfield Town. The, the bit I forget to tell them I was a ball boy in the 80s, so claim to fame. <laughs> I'm, sure you, I'm sure you were well remembered by uh, many people as well. Welcome to the show uh, tonight. Hopefully um, you'll enjoy it and uh, get involved with all the banter. You've been a long-time listener of the podcast as well, haven't you? So you sort of know about all the little in-jokes and uh, that it's a safe space where anything really goes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we'll come and get your opinions uh, throughout the show. Welcome to the Matters podcast. And Clive and Cam aren't here. Cam is uh, doing some cricket thing. Point, yeah, and Hollyoaks, pointless sport. Um, and Clive is nowhere to be seen. So if you do a good job tonight, Adam, you know, you never know. There is a contract there to be had. So, you know. No I'll have a word with my agent. Very <laughs> <laughs> so as well. Uh, as we always do with guests that come onto the show, before we delve into anything Mansfield Town chat related, we like to get your perspective on where are you watching games from? Where's your season ticket if you have one? Where do you tend to watch home games from? What's your away form like? That sort of thing. So the floor's yours. Uh, I would have been big in the 80s um, as a kid. Um, so Mansfield Town was the first team that I supported. Um, a Rainworth boy originally, um, so during the 80s, Mansfield would have been the, the home team to come and support. Um, then you get life that gets in the way, so the 90s and 2000s, and um, I've not actually lived in Mansfield since uh, the late 80s. Um, so actually getting to games many, many years ago it was a bit of a dark patch, but five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon uh, to check the football scores. Uh, I used to check two football scores. One was Mansfield, they could win or lose, but so long as Chesterfield lost, then that was fine. Uh, I went to school in Chesterfield. Um, so there's always, even to this day, I still look at Chesterfield losing scores. Um, but then probably back to Mansfield more recently. Uh, 2016, probably Steve Evans, Steve got me back into Mansfield, got the excitement going. But then I think when COVID comes along, you saw you're locked away at home. I want to go to the football. Really, really want to go to the football. And then you get Nigel Clough comes along. Um, he's fantastic. So for the last couple of years, it's been amazing. So um, I, we, we're watching the Quarry Lane end. Um, we went there after the Northampton game and we've stopped there since. Uh, not season tickets because my, my work, uh, I've got another couple of weeks before Saturdays we come out of the game. Um, I, I run a bowls club. Um, so Saturdays we'll come out the the, the, the woodwork. Um, so it could be um, Tuesday night's uh, home matches. That, that's been my viewing. Um, and I follow and I audio. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. Well, we've already got lots of different uh, perspectives on uh, where we can see things and, and things like that, which is great. And Nathan's already doing a sterling job because he's already slagging off the C word. Yeah, I had to laugh because I went to school in Chesterfield, so I, I know that I exactly know the feeling. Um, on non-uniform day, turning up in a stag shirt probably wasn't my brightest move, but uh, it made for an interesting day anyway. <laughs> it certainly did. Right, Alan, let's uh, delve into all things uh, Mansfield Town then. Um, obviously, you know, you've been back at the helm with the microphone, um, calling out uh, all the PA announcements and everything. And with it, you brought the look as well. Two consecutive back-to-back -back, uh, league victories, although it didn't start off great, did it, against AFC Wimbledon? No, it didn't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I thought they'd gone to the wrong place for the first 20 minutes. They looked a bit uh, all over the place. But once they got this all settled down and, you know, they started to move up a gear, you know, there was only one winner. And it was sort of the same thing against Stockport. You know, with the, 
But his, his was a worldie, to be fair, Sarkovic. I was sat right behind him, so I could see the ball. You knew there was only one place it was going. Pim was nowhere near it. But after that, again, you know, they played really well. And I was really, really impressed with Mr. Swan. Very good, very good uh, player, all by the looks of things. Plenty of pace, gets in behind, you know, it looks a good prospect. Adam, at 2-0 down and the way that Mantua were playing against AFC Wimbledon, not really playing to their strengths in terms of the shape and, and picking things up. I'll come on to that in a little bit more depth uh, later on. Was there anything in, in your head or your heart where you said, you know what, we can get back in this or were you, feel it, were you fearing the obligatory uh, once a season hammering? No, um, two nil down after 15, 16 minutes, the season was over. Here we go again. It's going to be a terrible season. So in the one match to have the seasons over, to actually have the best match that you're watching in a long while, um, you just think, how do you was that? So two nil, two nil down, season over, uh, doom and gloom, uh, and then to turn it around by half time, um, and then come out in the second half to win 5-2. Fantastic. Nathan, it was an absolute epic, wasn't it? Yeah, and unfortunately, it seems to happen. I've got a bit of a theme going. I wasn't there. <laughs> so, um, obviously, I, was, I wasn't too well last week. So, I ended up uh, ended up missing. But I, I did have it on iFollow at home. Um, and, I, and I considered turning it off after two. And I thought this was going to be one of them one of them days. But uh, I feel like Adam said, you kind of felt like, ah, oh, are we going to be in one of those seasons? It, it made me think back to that point last season. What, third game in? Fourth, fourth or whatever? Yeah. Look, Injuries stacking up, things not necessarily going our way. Obviously, we had Leighton Orient, which reminded me of Colchester away, where we had loads of chances, but couldn't get a win. Obviously, this time we lost. Um, and I just felt, is it going to be a repeat? Are we going to have a really slow start and things go against us, etc.? But um, but the, the difference was we were, we were still playing relatively well. Their two goals were, you know, they, they took advantage of our, of our weaknesses. Um, but you still felt like we could get back into it. And I think um, getting the goals in the first half like we did were, were, were very important. But then, obviously, the red card gave us the, the big boost. But I think without that, I, I genuinely believe we would have gone to win that game anyway. Obviously, you never know how teams come out in the second half. But, um, you know, one, we were playing pretty well anyway. But two, when they did get that man sent off, you've got to... Sometimes it can be difficult playing against 10 men, but we, we worked them exactly how you had to. And, um, you know, there's only going to be one winner. I'm potentially going to start an argument here, which uh, is always good good for, for the content. Um, we know Alan's feelings on the uh, the the, uh, the new system, Adam, of, of 3-5-2. What's your take on it? Uh, I love it. Um, I think it's fantastic. Um, I think it's when they played Tranmere, um, the whole team, the whole defence was in the Tranmere area, uh, down on the quarry lane end. Um, I think there's just Barry that was back on the, um, the centre circle. Uh, proper positive football. Um, I love that. Um, it worries me, though, um, with them getting back um, for the counter-attack. Um, I don't think possibly people like Hawkins is quick enough to get back. Uh, Mackie got caught out a couple of times. Uh, so that's the bit that worries me, but it's fantastic. Um, I would just love to see uh, Kellen Gordon on the right wing uh, rather than Bowery. Um, I think that would be fantastic. Um, I think there's a little bit of um, communication issues between Bowery and O'Toole. don't think they've quite got the telepathy right just yet. Um, but I, I quite like the 3-5-2. Um, I like it as a positive attacking football. Um, it's great. Interesting. I was just thinking what, about what I was going to say next when you were talking there, Adam. And at one point, I was going to turn around and say, it's almost like we've had a conversation before this of the right things to say to please me. And then you went and sort of slated O'Toole and Bowery. But I'll, I'll give you that for a second because I'm going to come on to it. I am still on the fence with a 3-5-2. And I actually think that the AFC Wimbledon game, and this is where I'll probably get shot down for, for some from some people, epitomised both the good and the bads of using that system. At 2-0 down, we were getting ripped, you know, left, right and centre to go 2-0 down. And I have to say... When I came home and watched the interview with Nigel Clough, it's the first time in a long time that I've done it. I turned it off and couldn't watch it because he was saying we weren't that bad. Those first 20 minutes are the worst that I have seen Mansfield Town under Nigel Clough. And I, I, the reason for it is because we put out a side which was capable, which we obviously then saw, of playing good football and really utilising the system to our strengths. But we didn't do it. 
We had all the attack. Yes, we had the positiveness of the start, but the opening goal epitomised it. And, you know, if ever anyone wants to challenge me on it, I will I will definitely get the footage up and I will pinpoint it like an analytical, over-analytical coach. Um, this Gary Neville. Yeah, may, maybe, maybe, or, or his brother Phil, or his dad Neville. I don't know, any, any one of the two, any one of the three. Um, but the point is, when you play the system of 3-5-2, you have to track back from your own attacks. We didn't do it against AFC Wimbledon and it caught us twice. And then something clicked. And Adam, you mentioned there about O'Toole and Bowery not being on the same wavelength. And I think defensively, I think you're right. I think sometimes Bowery perhaps goes a little bit too high. O'Toole drifts a little bit wider and it leaves a bit of a gap and they get in each other's way. But offensively on the attack, what really epitomised was the way you can use 3-5-2 as a solid attacking base. And I think it was the second and third goal. It might have been the second and fourth, certainly the second. O'Toole gets the ball, plays a wonderful pass down the right-hand side to Barry, puts the ball in, Lapsley gets the header, great goal. And they worked really well from an attacking point of view. And I watched that game and I've since watched it back. I tend not to watch them back, but I've since watched it back and thought, this really does epitomise the 3-5-2. And I think one thing which comes from that game, Alan, is if we use the system to our advantage and stay solid in it, we will beat teams and we will hurt teams. But if we play like we did in those first 20 minutes and don't use the system as a defensive tool, aka tracking back and winning second balls, we will get picked apart so many times. And that, for me, is a niggling worry. I just don't like it, Craig. I never, I never have done. I don't care whether it's England play it, whether it's Mansfield that played it. It's just something, whether I'm old school, you know, you can call it what you like, but I just don't like it. I think when, like you said, when somebody doesn't track back, they get picked off far too easy where if you've got the four at the bank, you know, the two central defenders in the middle and your two white men, somebody's normally covering, you know, like your Harbottle did, you know, quite a lot of times on Saturday. But I just... No, it's not for me. But I mean, you can't you can't argue with the results. But why do they have to go down either two goals down or one goal down to start playing? You know, why can't we just go for the jugular from the start? Well, I think we did. I think that's that's the the, the point that I was trying to make. Perhaps I didn't put it across it in the right way. We did, but what we need to do when we do that is make sure that we switched on at the back because yeah. we lose the ball in the final third. They knock knock a long ball down pitch, which they're gonna do because we're playing high. Perch wins the header and does really, really well to win the header, but he can only do so much. When he wins that header, the midfield two need to come back and defend and pick up that second loose ball because that's what they that's that is the whole point of that system. Yeah. The midfielders to recycle the ball and to start the attacks. They fail to do so, and AFC Wimbledon pounced. And of course, we've got the comments open tonight. I forgot to mention that at the top of the show, and they're already coming in. Uh, Craig says uh, in the comments, ask, asking me, worse than Northampton away in the league last year. In the context of that 20 minutes, in terms of how we've set up a brand new system and not learned how to utilise it, absolutely yes, because we didn't do the simple things right. We didn't do the things which make that system great, which are winning the second ball, which are starting our own attacks and turning the ball and turning the game on its head and playing the strong counter-attacking football. He also says 3-5-2, in my opinion, Maka gets way out of position uh, a lot as well. Callum says, agree, Craig. 3-5-2 works well if you know how to use it. Also agree with Alan. You can't be a 4-4-2. Nathan, you've heard me have a little rant away uh, with that. Um, you'll either agree or you'll start an argument. I want to see where this goes. <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to sit on the fence a little bit, I think. Because whilst, whilst we are firing and getting goals, I don't see the problem. I think what we're going to get is a few more games like Wimbledon where you're going to get a high-scoring game for both teams. I, I don't see us keeping many clean sheets, especially like um, like Adam said. I, I don't fancy Hawkins back there. And I mean, he might be forced to play up front now, which might be a, a silver lining now mm. with problems at the minute. But... Um, you know, I think the personnel, personnel has to be right. I think they will get better a bit over time as well. So you've got to give them that as a new system. Uh, but I think what we might see is not so keeping clean sheets, but that might not matter if we can outscore teams. The problem is, is um, if we do have to start shuffling around with personnel, which we already have done, have to do to a certain extent. Um, you know, it's, I think it's 
you've got to be good. I think Clough said this actually at the start of the season. You've you've got to be good to play that system. A bit like Forest Green last year. They they did it and they did it very well. Some teams try it and it doesn't work for them. So so far I think we're you know, we're probably just edging it of, of it working because obviously we have got uh, a couple of good results recently, but I think we need to be prepared to to, to revert and revert quickly if uh, if things don't don't go as planned. And and by that I mean if you know, especially if we stop uh, stop the scoring, um, I don't see that being a system where we're going to be able to keep clean sheets just because of the issues we are having with players tracking back at the moment. Is that a worry for you, Adam? Thinking about that because you know you saw as you saw the successful teams last season in the league, they were the ones that were able to be tight at the back and keep clean sheets and go on and be free scoring. But I think, like what Nathan says there, there is a huge worry at the moment that our what because we're still learning, we're not learning the defensive side of it, and, and teams will pick up on that. My worry at the back is I'm not convinced on the three, um, the, the three pairing. Um, where everyone keeps wanting to sign a striker pre out going injured, um, I was worried about that combination. Um, I don't feel that uh, O'Toole's been on his best for the last two, three games. Um, I think he just slightly blow apart. Whether it's the system that he's not liking, whether it's the, 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 the pairing that he's not liking, this is something wrong. Uh, Wimbledon as well. Uh, the communication between uh, Macker and Quinn, uh, first 20 minutes kept going and miss a little bit, uh, whereas they were sort of bosom buddy mates for, for the last however long. Uh, it wasn't right. Uh, there, there was something wasn't challenging. But then the vice versa is later on in the match, uh, it gelled like a glove. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the key point, I think. It's especially with the O'Toole thing. A lot of people talk about systems and players playing in that system. Again, he like last season, you know, he wasn't a natural centre-half and he said it in numerous interviews, both with me and with others, that he wanted to play centre-mid and uh, he's not doing that. He was playing at centre-back in a, in a two and got used to it in the end. Now he's being asked to play on the right-hand side of a three. So that midfielder side of him is coming back out in, into the game, Alan, and he's wanting to go forward a little bit more. And I think, like Adam says, he you've got to get the right three in there and I think it's just going to take a little bit of time to uh, for it to, to properly click and gel and we've just got to be cautious as we uh, proceed with it I would say so but and also when Nigel said uh, reverting back to last season about you know he said look look how Forest Green played and you know it worked for them it worked for them because they were winning more than they were losing you know when you're winning more than you're losing Craig you know it, it's good balancing the team you know the teams aren't overroading you you know you don't worry about that when you're scoring goals up at the other end you know the defense is like it's like a bit part isn't it you know if you're putting the goals in at the other end but they never ne never really ripped teams apart did they i don't think for a screen when they played three at the back there was a lot of one nils and whatever mm. and same as you say if they get used to it fair enough but like also like you said before you have hewitt o'toole and uh, who was the other one? Perch, wasn't it? They're your three. Yeah. So where does Harbottle come in to that? You see, I... again, I'm going to jump in on that, if I may, just, yeah. to, just yeah. to answer that question. When I top picked the... You what? Yeah, he is, yeah, he is top goal scorer, yeah. Uh, when I made that three, I'd not seen enough of Harbottle and I wanted no. some more. I wanted us to be solidified um, at the back in the back three. And do you know what? Since, he, since I've watched him and watched him grow, I'm more than happy for him to go in there. And that actually then, for me, would free up O'Toole to go and sit in front of the three and play the defensive role, which was the problem in the first 20 minutes against AFC Wimbledon. I think he'd do that well, superbly well. Would you put Hewitt in in place of O'Toole yeah, it would O'Toole into midfield? Yeah, so it would be from right to left, Hewitt, Perch, Harbottle with O'Toole sitting just in front, which then gives us a little bit yeah. more. Because I think Perch would do what, you know, because then you've got O'Toole and Perch to sort of interchange. O'Toole can sit, Perch can go and wonder. I think it would work well, especially, you know, with there. But also, you know, like someone says in the comments, um, you look at Hewitt and look at down the right-hand side and, and especially with the striker crisis, which... Um, well, crisis is a bit, probably a bit strong, but a few people will call it that. You know, with, with the striker situation at the moment, it would free Bowery to, to go back up top. Yeah, I would like to see Hewitt at right back. And like Richard Dennett said, I would like to see 
you know, if and when it happens, if it happens, the Kellen Gordon playing just in front of him. Because mm. I've said before on the podcast, and I'll say it again, is a very good player going forward, but he's not quite so good in my only in my opinion at the back. Where Hewitt is, in my opinion, a better fullback. But now he can be uh, with uh, Gordon going forward, and that would free up Barry. But you know, you can only, you've only got eleven slots, Craig, haven't you? You know, so it's a good it's a good quandary to have for Nigel. Yeah, yeah it certainly is. Let's delve back into some more comments. Uh, uh, Bowery plays well rampaging down the right hand side, says Roger. He holds the ball up great. I think Clough will stick with it and uh, take the risk through at the back. Macca does get caught out sometimes. Uh, but he's great going forward um, and also says, and he's crossing the ball, uh, needs to relax and take some power off the ball. Um, many conversations going uh, off between each other, which is great. Uh, Craig says, I thought JJ's distribution and passing has been terrible at times already this season. Revert to the sport is my point. Um, and Richard then asks, which is a fair point, O'Toole in midfield, who are you dropping in that midfield area? That's a very good point. And do you know what? I haven't necessarily got an answer for that at the moment, other than uh, potentially looking at... Uh, get, uh, see, uh, this is where I'll get slagged off. And uh, <laughs> in terms of where it is in the midfield, sitting in front of the, be- the, the back three, it would be Maris because Maris didn't track back for the two goals. <laughs> but I think yeah. he's a great. I think he's a great player. But also, you know, you look at... I don't particularly think Quinn works in when when we play in the the three at the back. We, he gets in Macca's way, so Quinny on I, the bench to come on. Can I just put one point to you, Craig? You can put several last... to me. I might not agree with them, but you can put as many as you want. <laughs> no, I'm just putting it out there. For the last two games, in your opinion, have we missed Boateng? No. No. He, you know, he, he's, he's, he's the one player. Go on, Nate. Say that again. Sorry. Go Sorry, on. Nate. Uh, just... I'd say, well, you would say you missed, you've missed him because the players have actually stepped up. Even oh, Clark, I mean, God. Uh, but you know, don't it, say something you're going to regret. If you look at it, you've got Maris, Clark, Lapsley. They're the three that was yeah, not Maris so much, but Clark and Lapsley were missing a lot of when the new players came in. You know, your lad from Newcastle and also the Murphy chap. But them two players with kingpins in Mansfield's run. And I, th- I don't think it's coincidental, you know, that they're playing really well. You Lapsley and Ollie Clark are playing really well. So it, it, it is good for Boateng when he comes back. And Hartigan, you know, t- Hartigan's a really good player and he, pa- he, he does a really good pass. But keep him on the bench, keep him still while they're playing so well. Absolutely. Adam, I'm going to bring you on this. What's your what's your take on it? Are you uh, are you in Team Craig and moving O'Toole into midfield or are you Team everybody else? <laughs> no, I'd leave O'Toole in defence. I think we, we, when we're in the car and we're sort of trying to pick his own team on the way to the match, the hardest part is who's going to be in midfield. So that's where the squad's going to come into play. At the moment, we've got some fantastic ball players. Uh, Maris Hartigan... Uh, Lapsley, Boateng, he's probably the best ball players they've had in that central midfield for a long while. Um, so the versatility is fantastic. Um, so I like that, but I liked it when uh, Lapsley was given a free reign um, when Clough first came in. Uh, and he was given a free reign, he was here, there and everywhere, but he's a ball player, he can do things with it. It's the same with Hartigan and uh, Boateng, which is quite good for us. Uh, I think the part where we're lacking um, is when we put Bowery on the, the right, because you just said he's quite good at holding up play. No, just think, get the ball, put the burners on and go down the wing and cross it. Um, that's the bit I like. Um, whereas at the moment, O'Toole gives it him um, and then the ball's coming back towards O'Toole. Go forward, bring into gear, go forward. Cullen Gordon gets the ball and he goes forward, takes somebody on and beats him. Um, I like that. That's quite exciting. Um, but whereas Barry, he's just like, he's like, he's like waiting to be hunted. Um, he's waiting to engage with the defender. Um, he, he stops, engages, and then takes it on. No, I want it to be more positive and proactive and go down the wing and take the cross. But the big thing that's been annoying me, I think it was uh, the Wimbledon game. Everything comes down the middle, um, and then they spread it left and right down to the wings. Um, you've got Oates and Swan, both of them have got pace, uh, thread it through the middle as a through ball, 
They turn, they run on it. They've got to get the defenders to turn. That's the balls that they're looking for. They're not big lads. So they're not sort of like your Hawkins to, to nod it in at the back post. Um, during, I think it was pre-season, I think it was Jason Law that was fantastic for Oates, uh, threading the through balls for him, uh, which was fantastic. So from uh, the Wimbledon game, stop sending it left and right. Yes, do it every now and again. Uh, but one who was playing Stockport, uh, I think it was Hartigan and Lapsley, threading the through balls for Swan, uh, allowed him to get his pace to, to just, just do what he does. Run, challenge, um, and Swan's out uh, is the same. I have to say, Nathan, uh, you know, Adam mentioned Hartigan there. Obviously, when we signed him, and I still agree with this now, I didn't think we needed another midfielder. I think he's, though he's come in and he's been absolutely excellent. I actually felt against... Uh, uh, Stockport on uh, Saturday that uh, he deserved the, the Man of the Match award. I felt he was tremendous in that midfield and uh, really looks like a, a tidy ball player. And I think, like Adam says, he, he can have that influence on getting players like Swan in behind and, and really opening up teams and defences because the passes he plays are just somewhat sublime. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Um, you know, I mean, you say that not necessarily needed a midfield, but you, send, you, you think of, as you said about the strike situation, you, you know, could be pushing Lapsley further up there and it does free up a midfield space. So, you know, there is a place for him in this, uh, in the, in the team. Um, and I think the big thing for, for, from his, you know, from our point of view with him is uh, it provides a different threat from set pieces. You know, I, um, I think he's already got an assist or two, hasn't he? Mm. So, um, you know, and, and so, and he's certainly been put, we've been more threatening from corners, etc. cetera. So um, when he, when he's been taking them, so, we've got a different sort of threat there, which we haven't really had for a while. So for me, that's, it's, it's looking like it'll be a promising uh, sign. I just hope he doesn't, you know, a lot of Wimbledon fans were saying, uh, you know, he's, he's a good player when he's on it, but he does, does drop off throughout the season. But then I think every league two, yeah. you know, club, I don't need to be fair. Otherwise it wouldn't be in league two. So, you know, I think uh, it's another good option. And even like uh, Alan said it, even if uh, when Boateng comes back in, if he takes his place, he's a very good player to sort of have on the bench and come on and make an impact. So uh, we are very, uh, at the moment, looking very blessed in that uh, midfield area. Yeah, we are. And Ollie Clark is certainly making you eat your words at the moment as well, isn't he? Well, I mean, I say he's a, you know, a good game in five. He's had two good games on the bounce, so I'll, I'll give him that. But that means we might have ten bad ones. So it's too early to say. Never going to give that up, are you? <laughs> we'll see. I mean, Maka turned it around for me, didn't he? So you never know. You never know in this uh, beautiful game of football. Very, very true indeed. Uh, Alan, let's uh, talk about another positive which uh, we, we've had from the last two home games as well. And that is despite the negatives of going behind in the games and uh, some questionable defending and conceding said goals, the fight back continues to be there. All right, you can argue against AFC Wimbledon that we were given a helping hand with the red card, which for some reason was ridiculously overturned. But also we were back at 2-2 when that red card happened. And I actually felt we were in the ascendancy then and would have perhaps gone on to win it anyway, regardless of uh, 11 versus 10. But two games, two fight backs. We just don't give up, do we? I just, I don't know whether you had the same feeling or, you know, in the comments, whether anybody else had the same feeling. But against Wimbledon, I just thought that we were going to end up winning the game. I don't know why. I don't know what I saw, you know, for the first 16 minutes because it, it was a bit tripish, wasn't it, to be fair, after the first 16 minutes. But after that, there was only one team admitted, you know, when uh, it went off, fair enough. And we played the game as we should against 10 men. But I just got that feeling, Craig, that something special was going to happen. And I think that'll happen quite a few times this year, especially with the crowd behind them. But the because the crowd are phenomenal. Sorry, I'm going to go pessimist again, Nath, here. But we shouldn't have to go no. two or one or two goals down, should we, Nath, for that to kick into life. We should be on it from the start. <laughs> we, we, I think we have been, uh, to a certain extent. I think, a bit like you said earlier, we, 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 we were going forward uh, early on and, and we're showing signs of being threatening. But... It was the defensive side that let us down. So I'm, I'm just going to stick with what I said. I think at the moment it's it's a system that we play. Uh, defensively not as strong, but uh, whilst we are scoring teams, it, it doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, 
what, what, and well, I know what you're probably going to say to say to this, but what would you prefer, the one nil against Tranmere or the five two against uh, Wimbledon? One nil against Tranmere, it's a clean sheet. No, no contest. Say that, no, con- no contest. It's a clean sheet. No contest. Uh, Cole, that's the goalkeeper's side of you coming out, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'd, you know, I'd rather the five five two to be fair. Uh, but yeah, I, we do need to try and tie up back there. It's, a, it's been a familiar story last. It was last familiar story last season, wasn't it? For mm. certainly the first uh, first few months. Um, but at the moment, if we can outscore them, I don't mind. Uh, finally, we'll come to you, uh, Adam, before we move things on and talk about Reese Oates, Nigel Clough's 100 and a little bit more uh, as well. Anything else that we've not covered over the last uh, half an hour or so on the last two home games? 5-2 against AFC Wimbledon, 2-1 against Stockport. Have we missed anything? No, I just think we, we, we've been doing it for ages now, just shooting ourselves in the foot. You say, why did we come out of the traps? Uh, late in Orient, 13 seconds, there was a penalty. Um, but we just shoot ourselves in the foot by not nailing it. Um I think the positivity was there against Wimbledon, but it was just the the errors, stupid. I think it's the defence. Um, it's the defence that's not got the, the stuff together. Um, but apart from that, the positivity is fantastic. And as you say, when you was um, when uh, Lapsley got the penalty against Wimbledon, that turned the crowd. Uh, the, the penalty went in. It was two one, um, and then the crowd wakes up. Um, it was fantastic. The atmosphere is brilliant. It lifts the place. You're going at half time two nil up. Um, with one man not sent off. But I don't think even if he wasn't sent off, which he fully deserved to be sent off, um, if he fell for Quinn's uh, gamesmanship. Uh, but as I say, Alan says, uh, I think they were in the ascendancy. I think at two all, uh, Manfred had a better chance of winning it if they were playing 11-11. Absolutely. The voice uh, and the thoughts there of Adam Crump, today's uh, podcast guest. And if you want to be on the Mansfield Matters podcast, make sure you send us a message on Twitter or on Facebook. Well, our attention now then turns to uh, two games on the road with uh, a little home game thrown in. More on that on Sunday when we have uh, the usual Craig and Nathan rant. You ready for it, Nath? I'm ready for every every year. We're always on our own. Absolutely. And we, do you know what? One day our thoughts and feelings will come true. We will win that competition. Uh, first, though, well, absolutely. <laughs> uh, first, though, uh, attention on the league uh, starting away. At Sutton United on Saturday afternoon, another trip down to the uh, the capital. And if you want to travel with the Stag Supporters Association, uh, departure from the Wancourt Stadium at 9am. And it costs you £20 if you're an Amber or a junior member, £25 if you're a blue member, or £30 if you're a non-member. And the number to call if you want to book your seat, only a few remaining, is Alan Wilson. 07967-689-597. And if you fancy travelling to Doncaster Rovers in uh, a week's time, a week on Saturday, I believe, uh, 12 noon is the departure time from uh, One Call Stadium. Uh, it's £10 for all SSA members, juniors, ambers, uh, blues, and just £15 if you are a non-member. And again, the number to call is 07967-689-597. And please make sure that you've purchased a match ticket before booking yourself a seat on the coach to Doncaster. Uh, more on that uh, later on. I think we've briefly lost Adam. Let's see if we can get him back. No, I think we've uh, lost him. Can you hear us, Adam? Uh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. We just lost your picture for a second, but we can still hear you, so it's all good. Uh, and Nathan's still there on the uh, on the phone as well. Uh, let's turn our attention, Nathan, to uh, the big news uh, coming out of the club today. We sort of suspected it anyway. We just had a little bit more confirmation today. Reese Oates out for a few months. Nigel Clough not putting an exact time on it because, let's be honest, he doesn't know an exact time on it. Um, and it's uh, it's sort of sent a few fans panicking on the socials, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, you could say so, uh, but it, it, it is a blow. Um, you know, I think he's become a real key player for us. So it's and then when you throw in sort of uh, you know the fact that we're you know without I know they're, they're probably coming back soon, but the likes of Aikens, I mean, is he going to step up and get the goals? I'll be very surprised. You never know. Um, you know, I think we've been even without losing notes with uh, most people in agreement that. Um, you know, we we probably still needed a another striker in the building. Um, but I think now, Oates, uh, obviously, we're going to miss him for a few months. I think it's um, 
although we can get the likes of Lapsley up there, which uh, I think in the short term we probably will see a little bit of that. But um, yeah, we've got we've got Hawkins and Barry as well that can contribute up there. But I still think we will need need an, need another one. And I think uh, it's good we've got Swan because without him we wouldn't have any pace up there really at all. But um, I would like another option similar to him. So whether it's dipping into the loan market, going for a younger, another young player with some with some pace and a a bit of sort of ability zest there to do something a bit different. Um, I guess it's to be seen. But obviously the the rumor mills going around. It might be Theo Robinson at the moment because he's been you know seen around the club. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But I think we do need uh, another body and. Adam, what about you? What were what were your thoughts when you uh, heard the news of uh, Reese Oates being out for a few months? Um, I, I like Reese Oates. Uh, the goals he scored have been fantastic, exciting goals. Um, I liked uh, Swan on Saturday. I thought he was fantastic. He chased everything down, uh, even the lost balls he chased down, even against the big defender. He managed to get himself in between the defender and the ball. Uh, don't know how he did that, but he was fantastic. Um, I actually like the partnership of him and Lapsley. Um, up there. Uh, I'm, I'm not too worried of, of that. Um, I think I would like to see somebody coming on loan, possibly some young 20-year-old uh, something from a, a decent team. Bit of a point to prove, uh, come and prove that point. Does it worry you that we've lost uh, a natural goal scorer in Reese Oates and the only sort of replacements we've got are not natural goal scorers in terms of Aikens, Bowery and obviously uh, Will Swan, who's looking good, but he's, you know, He's got very limited football league experience. Um, I don't have the confidence with Barry. Um, I always think there's better players to go ahead of him on the, the team sheet. Uh, Aikens, I don't think he's a natural goal scorer, but his endeavour and effort is fantastic. Um, I think if I was doing the pairing apart from Swan and Lapsley, I think I'd go with Hawkins, uh, the, the big chapter to sort of get the crosses and then the, the young lad with the pace. Um but I'm, I'm not worried. The, um, the the one thing that I keep reading on the social comments is the gentleman at Walsall um, that he should be brought back. Um, he's gone. He never. He, he didn't bleed yellow and blue from the from the blood like the rest of the team. Um, he's gone. It's over. I wish they'd have took the money um, and banked it um, rather than sort of like leaving it to go through until January. He's not our player. Get over it. You're signed. You're in. You're 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 a full time podcaster now. You're on the panel. Because it stopped me having to rant about that. Brilliant! You signed. You're in every week. Uh, Alan, you're gone. Sorry, Adam. Carry on. I, I was never convinced he was a Mansfield player. I think there was something in his personality that Nigel didn't like, um, that just didn't fit in with the team. I think that's why he didn't get his name on the team sheet. Um, I think for as a poacher, yeah, he's great as a poacher. He's proven that at Walsall, um, but he's just not yellow and blue blood. Uh, he's not part of Nigel's team. He's not part of Nigel's cloth. Um, he was just wrong, just wrong, wrong, wrong. Mm. Some players just don't fit with, with certain managers and for whatever reason, it didn't work. Uh, and we move on and uh, we leave him there. Getting annoyed that he's scoring goals, of course, but that only means one thing, as we've said time and time again. It means when it comes to January, when his loan contract is up, we can put the fee up. Alan, uh, let's go back to the whole losing Reese Oates uh, situation. Are you worried that we, we're only gonna, now going to be relying on a, uh, a young a young man who, you know, has is only sort of, you know, cutting his teeth with us at the moment? Is it too much not, of an expectation on him? Not particularly worried, no, because uh, I think when Hawkins is fit, he might be the one that uh, releases Swan and it could be uh, Matt Reed, Matt Green scenario you know because they were good foil for each other but I'm, i think we've got enough people in the building for the time being i don't think there's any need to panic i wouldn't go and fetch you know just someone for the sake of it nigel's going to be looking i know he's got irons in the fire whether this theo robinson chap is the real deal we'll have to wait and see but i wouldn't be too worried at the moment because uh swan you know give him a run in the team and when hawkins gets fit put him up front with him or you know let him stay on the bench and come on for the last half an hour if we need him and keep Lapsley where he is. I think it's fair to say at the minute, Nath, that, you know, we're not crying out for Hawkins to play in that back three. So it does, you know, give him an opportunity to uh, yeah. to, to play up there. Even though I prefer Hawkins back there than up top, he is articulate. We saw what? on a number of times last season that he can 
get assists and, and create good movement. He drags defenders out. It's a good option to have, but do we still need to, to dip into that market? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, that's what I said sort of uh, early on in the show. It, uh, it could be the silver lining for me than the fact that he might start playing a bit more up front rather than the back three. Because although he did a good job last season for the majority, um, <coughs> he's potentially the, the weak link there, you know, which is, which, which, you know, is, is, is more of a striker. So that's, that's fair enough. But, um, so if we if we if we do see him up there, that's great. But the the, the other concern is when you look at the players, if you've got um, you know Lapsley midfield and Hawkins and Swan up top and still Bauer on the right, which it looks like is he might be there to stay for mm. for quite some time. You look at the bench and all, all we've got is uh, is James Gale, and you know it's a, it's a lot to put on him to come on, you know, to come on his his age and his experience to. Uh, to be the man to count on. So I think that's why we just need a little bit more, obviously when, especially that we fact that we can make the five subs as well. Um, we, we could have really made the most of that uh, if everybody w- was fully fit, but we have lost quite a few players at the moment. So even if it's a short term deal through to, to January, um, as, as a loan, I'd, I'd, you know, I think we just need an extra body in there because you, again, you also don't know what's around the corner. If we lost another one, then it, it probably would be a crisis. It does uh, beg the the talking point, Adam, about uh, reintroducing an old football league uh, rule, if you like, and that was a few seasons ago. Well, certainly before we were relegated, anyway. You could bring players in on one month or two month uh, loans, shorter term loans to cover these things. Nigel Clough mentioned it on a few occasions. I would like to see it come back because that's the the quandary we're in at the moment. Resoaps could be back by. December. He might even be back in, in November or even next month. So do we go out and spend cash, which we probably, you know, can't really afford to spend on getting somebody in who's going to want at least uh, a one year contract? Or, you know, would it be more beneficial for us if that uh, shorter term loan thing was a thing to bring somebody in on, on a month <coughs> to get them a bit of experience within a football league squad and to add a little bit of competition. I think that's what's really lacking from League One and League Two at the moment. Uh, I think it would be fantastic um, because you've got some uh, young kids out there not getting games at the parent club. Um, it gives them the opportunity to come and shine. Um, and as well, uh, in your own fantasy football team, you can play your wild card and transfer your whole team within the first three weeks, which I'm planning on doing as well. Um, so it's exactly the same sort of thing. The, the, the pack, the, the cards that's been dealt to so far this season, um, we, we've been shot in the foot with research going injured. Um, so we need to play a bit of a wild card to throw it out there, bring a new signing in on loan, um, and then hopefully it works out, then it becomes a permanent signing. Yeah, all it would need, Alan, I think, is just the, the football league to govern it a little bit better because I, I think a lot of the criticism over the short-term loan um, you know, transfer business the first time around was that clubs abused it and just sort of got players in for having the, you know, for, for the sake of it. I think it would have to be governed a little bit better and work well, but I, I don't see a reason why it, it shouldn't work in League One and League Two because squads are, are getting thinner. Um, you know, the demands of football are getting more and more now. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think it could be, uh, a beneficial thing, especially for clubs that are struggling to to bring through players uh, at the minute in terms of academy players. Because, like Nigel Clough said in his interview today, you know we could put our own academy players in, but the truth of the matter is our academy won't be ready to produce proper first team talent for another three four seasons. I'm going to say, if you <laughs> other people will remember Paul Holland, obviously Dutch, he was only 18 when he came in, but if you're old enough. Yeah, if you're good enough, sorry, you're old enough. And I just think leave it for the time being. Let Hawkins get himself fit. Leave Lapsley and Swan as they are. And if they're not doing the business, we've got people who can come on and do a job. But up until then, let them keep firing on all cylinders and see where it takes us. But it wouldn't do any harm to get somebody in, you know, even if he's not quite fit yet, sit him on the bench, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, and see what happens. Because obviously, if, if you bring some sort of name in, whether it's Theo Robinson or whoever, A.N. other, you know, people like Swan are going to think, well, you know, if I don't do the business here, I'm going to be on the bench. 
certainly a, a, um, giving the youngsters a try I, I think if he's not working out give them a bash I don't know if anyone's actually been watching pre-match but they're, they're actually blooding um, the young goalkeeper mm, um, yeah. fantastic he's going to be something fantastic for the future so anything that's coming through those ranks as Alan says if they're old enough give them a bash if you were Jimmy now, Jimmy Knowles now, Nathan, you'd be cursing the fact you were you you were injured, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, it'd, it'd have been an opportunity, wouldn't it? <laughs> so um, you, you'd have certainly, I'd have imagined at least seeing him on the bench right now and getting some, uh, you know, some game time. But um, you know, again, it's just um, we're in one of those situations where we've unfortunately picked up a, a few injuries. So um, you know, and it's just one of those situations where if it, even even Jimmy Knowles, even though he's not going to be a, a starter every week, he would have been somebody, another option on the bench. Um, so um, that's for me why we just need to strengthen a little bit. And it doesn't have to be a starter for me. I, you know, I think the players we've got are good enough. I think it's just something for a bit of bit of depth for you know making use of that those five substitutions and and having a bit of cover in case you know touch wood it doesn't happen, but in case we do lose any more bodies in the next. Uh, Next couple of months. Absolutely. Something for Nigel Clough to think about. And on the subject of Nigel Clough, Alan, uh, you know, he's reached a milestone, 100 games in the Stags dugout. Um, we've put out a little thing on social media earlier this week about sort of uh, what we've learned, four things that we've learned. What are your overarching memories and, and overarching thoughts on um, Clough's tenure this far after hitting uh, the century? Calm, cool head. Very good for this. Uh, not, I wouldn't say type of football for League Two to do what he did at Burton. There's a possibility he could do. He's steadied the ship. He's got the funds in the right place, and he just it was the right face at the right time, in my opinion. It's a good name. He'll have plenty of contacts, like his uh, is it his brother Simon yeah. that helps. Yeah, he's got good people around him, and I just think it was all in all a very good appointment. Adam, same to you, 100 uh, up of, of Clough. What have you made of his tenure so far? Um, I think he's fantastic. Um, I think from his, his dad, he's just got exactly the same credentials as his dad. Uh, his, his integrity is fantastic. His, his gentlemanly credentials are fantastic. Um, I believe every word he says, I hang on every word he says. Um, I think he's the best football or the most exciting about football that I've had since being a child. Um, he, he knows how to do it. He, he just brings people on, um, and he, he just makes them into great players, into a great team. I think it's fantastic for Mansfield. We're quite lucky. Nathan, I picked out four things, or what we did as a collective: home comforts, improving you know the home form and making it a real place, which is difficult for for people coming in. Shrewd spending, like Alan said, you know, trimming the budget, getting good quality players in that are better than what we had on less money than what we were spending as well. Um, playing players here, there and everywhere, you know, whilst it doesn't necessarily work every week or, you know, 5% of the time, the other 95, it, it certainly does. And it's certainly proven to, uh, to to unlock teams and be successful. And the fourth thing was it's given us hope of glory again for the future. Out of those four things, what would you say is, uh, is the, the, the key hitter for you? Um, well, he definitely likes versatile football. We know that um, that can cover multiple positions. But um, for me, I'd, I mean, he's, he's had a pretty decent win percentage. Well, I think it's around 45%, isn't it? And yeah. you think when we had that 13 game without a win or whatever it was last season, that's that's some good going. Uh, but um, I think for me, it's I like the fact that we have managed to get the, you know, the, the home performances and the home record as it is because that's where um, if, you, if you're going to have a successful season you, you've got to be good at home you've got to take advantage of that and then get what you can on, on the road but to see the ground as full as it is now uh, week in week out with the you know the atmosphere that, that it brings um, that, that's really one of the greatest things I've, I've, just all these years even when we've been having good seasons it just never really felt like the crowds were necessarily growing as much but this season just feels a bit different and I'd I hope we can just, uh, a bit like Lincoln did, like make the most of it, carry on. If we can get a successful season, I'd, I feel like it would go another step. So, um, you know, the home record for me has uh, been been really key to seeing not just, you know, things in the in a shape up in the league format, you know, getting us up the table, but I just think for growing the club as a, as a whole as well. 
what it's essentially done, Adam, is, is make teams look at Mansfield away on their fixture list and go, oh, bloody hell, I don't fancy that. Um, I don't think they fancy Mansfield as a team and I don't think they fancy Mansfield as a crowd. Um, just the sheer noise of it um, is fantastic and it just lifts them. Um, it is becoming like a, a place where you don't want to come because it's intimidating. It, you look on the um, highlights on a Saturday night and some of the grounds are poor, uh, very poorly attended. Um, there's, there's no atmosphere. But Mansfield, it's, it's, it's electric. Um, I'm buzzing. Um, and it, it, I think the rest of the town is too. Yeah, it certainly is. You can put, you can feel it. I mean, Alan, you'll you'll have sensed it more than all of us, really, because we can sense the atmosphere in and around our seats, and a lot of that then comes down to being in a smaller space around other people. You stand out on the pitch, you know, before every single home game as the teams walk out and and see it from the pitch point of view. I always enjoyed it last season <laughs> when I was listening to it through my headphones, uh, when the noise we, as the players came out and you could feel it vibrating. What's it like as a vision to see when you're standing on the pitch, watching the teams come out? It makes the... Uh, my wife will laugh at this, but it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up every match, especially around about quarter to three when the queue block get the quarry lane going and even the bottom end, end of the west stand. It's just such a fantastic atmosphere. And I just stand there in awe, I do, you know, before they come out and I do my bit that I have to do. Because it's just fantastic to listen to. And especially after the, you know, what we had with the pandemic, when it was just so, so eerie, so quiet, I was lucky enough to go. But it's so different now. And I can also remember the first match, Nigel Clough was back. I wanted to make a big thing of it because I went and asked Nigel. I says, look, Nigel, I would like to. And he says, no. He says, no, I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be about the fans. And that's fair comment to the bloke. You know, yeah. and it, you know, it's, it's been that ever since. One little thing we should just touch upon before we run out of time, Nath, is that shrewd spending uh, angle. And, because Alan mentioned, you know, the pandemic there and, you know, every business and football is a business, uh, essentially, went through hardship. And it also came at a time where we were spending big money on bang average players. And what a job he's done in, you know, essentially a se two seasons now to, uh, to, to turn it around and to not only reduce the budget and get rid of that deadwood, which wasn't doing us any good whatsoever, but also attract quality and keep those purse strings tight. Yeah, I, I think um, obviously David Sharp gets a lot of uh, praise for, for that side of things as well. We know he's obviously heavily, heavily involved with that. But um, I think, you know, Nigel Clough said when, when, he, when he came to me, he said he, he wants to... He wants to look after the money as if it's his own. So when he's making making the signings, he wants it to be for the for the right price, etc. So um, you know, not everyone, not every single signings works out. Obviously, you look at Danny Johnson's code, could not worked out. But that's that's football. You, mm. Sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen until until they're in the building um, and in amongst it. But um, majority, some of the signings when you wasn't sure whether it was going to be a success or not. They've shown what they can, what they can do, and what they can bring to the team. And I think one thing that um, Nigel Clough is is very good at is finding players that that are willing to play for the shirt and work hard. And they're the ones that tend to be, uh, uh, you know, I don't think you know, well, most people probably will notice it, but they're the ones that seem to be playing in week in week out, even if their form dips a little bit. I think it's for him. It's about the trust in those ones to to go out there and at least give hundred percent. And I think. You know, a lot of the time, that's what most people just want. Uh, Roger in the comments uh, says, and I apologise that we've run out of time to properly talk about it. There is still a bit of a question on the Stags playing away from home. They don't seem to be the same team at the minute playing away. I hope I'm wrong, though, for Saturday. It's very early days there. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that a little bit more on Sunday as we reflect on all things Sutton, which brings us nicely to the end of the podcast. But before we let everybody go, it's time for podcast predictions. Adam, I know you've been playing along with this this season, haven't you? Uh, I don't think I've been doing very well, have I? I can't tell you that until the uh, the end of the month. We've got one more game to go before I can reveal uh, the stats uh, on that. Uh, you've been doing better than Nathan, though, and Nathan's the, the reigning champion, so it's not too hard. Uh, as, you are, 
Well, that's it. As you are the, the guest on tonight's show, uh, we're going to let you have the first prediction. Uh, as always, it's the uh, the outcome for Mansfield, the scoreline, and then the uh, the time of the opening goal, if you will. So, Sutton away, how will Mansfield uh, fare? Uh, optimist, optimist as always, uh, a win. Uh, one nil scoreline uh, and scored in the 36th minute. They've got to score in the 36th minute at some stage, so... Fantastic! Is that your? Has that been your guest all all the way through? I think that's my, I think that's my tactic. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play, uh, Nathan. You know you need. To, I, I can't reveal the the scores as is at the moment. You need to improve. So this is your chance. <laughs> I'm slowly getting there. So I'm always a bit of a slow starter. Um, hard. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in, I'm gonna go in your corner here, Craig. I'm gonna be a little bit more pessimistic again, even though I'm. Feeling very positive and I'm buzzing at the moment, but it's, and we do owe Sutton one, that's for sure. But I just think way away from home at the moment, it's not quite working out, and it's Sutton in it. So I'm going to go for a two-one defeat. The first <laughs> defeat. Oh wow. Okay, two-two-one defeat. This let's is, hope he's wrong. Well, that is. Let's hope he's wrong. Uh, well. Can I have a goal time as well, please, Mr. Edge? Yeah, I'm going to go for nineteen. Nineteen. Wow. Okay. I'm reeling from that shock, Alan. Uh, so I hate, I hate Say again, Nate. I just, I just hate Sutton. I just, I just got that feeling that they're just going to do do one over us again. So, well, we'll see in a minute when I give my prediction. Let's uh, let's go from Mister Uber Negative to uh, who is usually Mister Positive, but who knows? He's not mentioned his prediction yet, Mister Wilson. Sutton United one, Mansfield Town two. And the first goal will be scored in the 28th minute. I'm going with Nathan. We're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to lose. Two. We are. I'm going to, I'm going to also go with lose 2-1. And uh, I think that the first goal is going to come in the uh, opening 10 minutes. I'm going to go for the eighth minute. It's oh. sort of away. They're a team we can't seem to beat. Um, we're not good enough away from home yet. I hope I'm proved wrong. I just don't know. I don't know. I just think it'll click at Doncaster. Um, Which I'm going to this time. So, oh God, no! Don't because <laughs> don't it won't click. So we'll talk more about it on Sunday. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to put us down for a two-one defeat. Eighth minute. Uh, we'll put all of our predictions on our social media later on in this week. Make sure you play along as well. The link is in the description. We'll also post it in our social media. Uh, a reminder that we're looking for the outcome, the scoreline, and the time of the opening goal and you must do what Mr Edge? Submit the prediction one hour and one minute prior to kickoff. And do it via the link in the description that votes on social media via direct message or in the thread of these comments does not count so make sure you uh, use the link in the description. Uh, Adam thanks so much for joining us tonight um, I hope you've enjoyed your time on the Mansfield Matters podcast uh, thank you very much for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here and I'll keep on tuning in and um, hope I can come and share my punditry um, in the future. Well, let's get the verdict from uh, two podcast veterans. Alan, how's he fared? Excellent. Very well thank done, you. Adam. Nathan? The fact that I'm sat here on a phone again for, for whatever, how many weeks we're in, he's done a lot better than I have. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely more than welcome back. Absolutely. Who needs who needs Cam and Clive anyway? So, no, Adam, we'll look forward to having those back. Adam, we'll definitely have you on again. Thanks so much for, for taking part uh, tonight uh, as well. Really, really appreciate it. And if you guys at home uh, want to get involved with the podcast and do like Adam did and, and be part of the show, Drop us a message on our social media and we look forward to having you on uh, the show. That, though, is all we've got time for tonight. Adam, thanks so much for getting involved. Nathan, well done for charging your phone. Alan, good to see you back as always. Until next time, farewell. That's all we've got time for this week on the Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks, as ever, to all of the Mansfield Matters podcast those that could join us, those that couldn't join us, and those that pushed on during the inevitable malfunctions of technology. One day it will get sorted, by which I mean I will get everybody together in the same room and tell Restream where to do one. 
Only joking, we love you, Restream, really. More discounts, please. Uh, anyway, as always, remember to get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description right now. Get involved as the Stags head for Sutton on Saturday afternoon. And we'll be back on Sunday evening at 7.30-ish to talk all things Sutton United. Look ahead to the Papa John's Trophy, where, of course, there will be the annual Craig rant about doing well in the trophy. Make sure you join us for that one and see if I can put a different spin on the same rant I've been having for the past six seasons. Who knows what might happen? Hopefully, we do come back and we sit in on Sunday night talking about victory at Sutton. That'll cheer us up. Uh, As always, my thanks for listening. Make sure you like, rate, subscribe, all of that stuff that podcasters say. We'll see you next time on the show. For the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Goodbye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.